0: <laughs> today we continue where we left off in נור כול צדיקי 112 starting here, um, <laughs> today we חשם רבנו דינ ספיק אבאוט וואי דה תורה then we're going to go on to a few different subjects, a few different secrets Rabenu reveals, and of course, we're going to finish off with two uh, conversations that discuss the Inyan of Tavat uh, Nyuf about the desire of sexual morality and what Rabenu speaks about it. Siman Kufyud Bet, Se'if Kufyud Bet, section 112. Itad is brought down specifically where? Look in uh, the Midrash Socher Tov, Teilim. Um, also looking, if the Torah were written in order, we would know the punishment and the reward for every single commandment in the Torah, for every single prohibition, every single mitzvah uh, to do. We would know, if it was written in order, we would know what the punishment and reward for each thing was. Ramanu brings an example. He gives us the example of a certain sin. That when you commit that sin, the punishment for that sin is constant debt. The person who falls into the sin, falls into constant debt. He owes people. Even if you were to do any possible good, if you were to do anything, he could do that's righteous, to, or any good action, it will not be effective, and he will always be a a constant. Uh, he will always be in constant debt. Sometimes the sin is so strong that it makes others also fall into this aspect of debt. And this is why there are periods, why, there are made, why there, some people fall into so much debt, why many people fall into debt at the same time. There are periods in this world, why? Because this, there's a specific sin in the Torah that makes a person fall into debt. And therefore, when that sin has become prevalent, then many people fall into that punishment. Uh, and this is what it says, this is all thanks to that sin that has become prevalent in the world, that has become very strong in the world, and people have fallen into it. And for that reason, many people fall into the punishment for that sin. Why? Because many people fell into that sin in the first place. And, uh, okay, so Rabenu explains this Inyan with regard to a specific sin that has to do with the punishment of constant debt. Now Rabenu gives us an advice for this. The advice for this, The advice for this, Rabbanu says the main piece of advice to save yourself from that punishment, that sin is what to do Teshuvah to return to God generally at a general level meaning what? to do Teshuvah for all the sins that you do because you don't know which sin is causing that punishment so you need to do what? you need to do Teshuvah over everything that you do wrong and you need to plead before Hashem that He saves you from that sin because you don't know what that sin is and that you need to beg and come regret before Hashem. Bichlal at a general level, al averazo over the sin. and the time to do this teshuvah is specifically when the man is in, is at a level of, of expanded consciousness. When his mind is free and he has, his mind is on his shoulder and he has, almost a, a, a wide and expanded mind. He can think properly. He has a composed mind. And at that moment, it's very good to regret before Hashem. about this sin that you have committed. To return into Teshuvah, to return to God. Because now Rabbanu is going to explain why it has to be done specifically, or why it's best done at a time of, at a time of expanded consciousness, rather than a time of constricted consciousness. Why? Because Rabbanu is going to explain the, the nature of constricted consciousness. Constricted consciousness is the aspect of a, de- a person in debt. Rabbanu is gonna come is gonna compare now, um, this concept of falling into debt to constricted consciousness and how constricted consciousness is the none of a man who falls into debt. Now Rabbanu is gonna prove it. Why? Because it brought down the Gemara kidushin, daf mem tetamut Ten measures of sleep. Ten type. Ten measures of. Or kabin is a type of measure. Ten measures of sleep fell down to the world, descended into the world. Tishana Nine were taken by the slaves, as we see over there in the Gemara. And now Rabeinu is going to explain what this has to do. That most of most sleep has been taken by slaves and servants. What that means? She'na sleep. Who We know Rabbeinu brings down many different lessons in the that sleep is an aspect of constricted consciousness. Your dad leaves you, and now enters the um, now what's at strength. Whenever you're sleeping is the the strength of the imagination, meaning your dat is not there. You don't have you don't have consciousness. Your consciousness leaves you actually. You don't have intellect when you sleep. Avadim and slaves and what does it say about a slave? As it's brought down in Mishle, chapter twenty-two, it says over there, A borrower is like a slave to the man who lends. Essentially a person who's borrowing from someone who's lending him money becomes a slave like a slave to him. So we see that what well, slavery is like bar- is like uh, borrowing. <laughs> so now we understand that when it says Eved, uh, Eved is this aspect of a, of a person who's uh, in debt to someone. And of course, what is an Eved? An Eved is an aspect of mochin de Katnut, uh, constricted consciousness. For Eved took the majority of sleep in the world, and we know sleep is constricted consciousness. So therefore, Malve, being a borrower, uh, being in debt to someone, is essentially an aspect of um, constricted consciousness. And therefore, the best time to do Teshuvah is to be in expanded consciousness, because when you're in expanded consciousness, you separate yourself from the nature of being a borrower, from the nature of being a slave. Therefore, when a person's in expanded consciousness, then that's the moment when he needs to return and to nullify that punishment of being in death. Why? Because at the time of expanded consciousness, you've separated yourself from that concept of death. And therefore, now is the time to do tshuva over it. As it brought down, uh, as it brought down that being a barachov, being a man in death, is like being mochin being like in uh, constricted consciousness. Lesson one thirteen. The world says Rabbanu says it's common saying That what? That the people say That when God wants to make someone a fool He takes away his wife Now Rabbeinu is going to explain why Because a proper woman A good and upright woman is what we say about uh, is what we say in the verse in Mishle. Eshet chayil ba'ala. eshet chayil, a woman of valor ba'ala, is like the crown to her husband. A good woman is like a crown on her husband, on her husband's head. So we see what that this crown is the aspect of a proper woman. <inaudible> but when a woman dies, God forbid, hu bechinat ateret roshenu. The man, the husband, then falls into the state of what? As brought down in the verse in Eicha, the crown has fallen from our head, meaning the crown from the husband's head has fallen, meaning the the wife has fallen. So we just explained that a proper wife is like a crown on the husband's head, and therefore, when the husband dies, when the woman, when the wife dies, the husband is left without his crown, and the crown has fallen from the head. That's a chidush. explaining, "Nafla roshenu." Take the first letters of this verse. Now, the crown has fallen from our head. Take the first letter of this phrase, of this verse. Now, you get the word Na'ah, which literally means a fool. That HaKadosh Baruch makes a man a fool by taking away his crown. And uh, now Rabenu explains the Khidush. Look how Rabenu can take a conversation of the world and explain the deeper meaning behind it. Incredible. And now we enter into an entirely different topic, as we're going to see in the next two C.E.F.I.M. The next two sections. We're going to speak about the topic of uh, immorality and how um gives us to encourage us about this, to, to um, resist this uh, test. <laughs> Rabenu sets it up like this, by telling us what? Now, it is much easier to resist this temptation, this temptation for immorality. Rabbanu says it is much easier to withstand this test. Because the first people who had to go through this test, they whistled in this test and they broke that husk. They broke the husk around the husk, the evil force surrounding this desire uh, of this evil lust. And now it's much easier to break that test. Why? Because the basically the ice has been broken. And the first people to have gone through this test. Specifically, the great tzaddikim we're talking about, like Yosef HaTzadik, Boaz we're going to speak about. All these great tzaddikim um, that have withstood this test across uh, the Jewish history have made it easier for us and now and today's generation to be able to withstand this test. And this is a good uh, piece of advice to teach us that we can do it. And uh, let's see what Rabbeinu says. Even the simplest man, a total simple man, a man who doesn't know any Torah, doesn't, not, doesn't know how to pray. A s- total simple man can also withstand this can resist temp- this temptation. And therefore, page 19b, the, what Yosef overcame with strength, the strength of Yosef became the humility for Boaz, meaning it was a small matter for Boaz. We're going to see that what? the What Yosef overcame with strength because he broke the klipa first, of course, he had to go through a a, a test that was very difficult. And then, when Yo- Boaz had to go through an extremely difficult test, he was able to accomplish it simply because Yosef had broken it before him. The strength of Boaz and as we say in the Gemara Sanadrin, that the strength of Boaz, that which Boaz overcame with strength, became a small matter for Parti Ben Naish. Parti Ben Naish. We know the story of Yosef. Yosef was encountered by the wife of Potiphar, the, the right-handed man, of, the butcher of Paro. And uh, she tried to seduce him, and she was the most beautiful woman in Egypt. Yosef was a young man at the time. We can imagine the test. Yosef withstood that test. And later, when Boaz was faced with the same test, which, some, which they say in the Quran was even more difficult, he was able to defeat it. Why? Because Yosef had broke the klipa first. Now Rabbanu was explaining because Yosef had broke that he broke the, the temptation from the beginning He broke the evil force surrounding that temptation So it made it easier for Boaz to break through it also So that which the tzaddikim do before us, it makes it easier for us There's many reasons why the had to go through so much suffering So that we today do not need to go through that suffering Why people before us had to endure tremendous, tremendous affliction And why we today are avoiding that simply thanks to them That they broke that kippah first there's many different, uh, sign- there's significant ideas with regard to this. But back to the topic at hand, we speak about Boaz also. Boaz was tested when Ghut came to him at night. And she put herself uh, at the bottom of his bed, at the end of his bed. And he didn't do anything with her. Um, and he saw in the morning, he saw his Ruth, And he didn't do anything with her that night. And that was a very difficult test for Boaz. And then for Parti Ben Laish. Parti ben Naish faced a, a tremendously great temptation. Parti ben Naish um, was given David's wife, Michal, by Shaul. Shaul, David, the, the king before David Amelech, gave David's wife Michal to Parti ben Naish. And he had to live with her for a long time. And he still uh, what do you call it? He faced a tremendous temptation, but yet withstood the test. He did not go with her. Now Rabenu explained ki Tofkotik ki, sorry Kitokef ani sayon shel Yosef hatadik hayad davar kalu fashut et shel Boaz sheya because the strength and the potency of that test that Yosef hatadik had to go through was something simple and easy for Boaz to go through later. Vegento ke ani sayon Boaz and then the strength of the test of Boaz was then became hayakalu fashut et shel became something simple and somewhat easy for Parti he called me Shaya Yotel because the later someone the later we go, and son the test becomes easier for him. Therefore now we can easily withstand this test, this temptation. Even a total simple man, as we mentioned above. And continuing on the subject of Qut uh, of this, and of course, this should give us tremendous encouragement That we too, even the simplest man, even a person who doesn't know anything Can overcome all his desires Rabbeinu said you can become a complete Ishka Sher Even with all the sins you've done um, Even if you don't know anything The main thing Rabbeinu said of course is Tfilah and Torah But even if you cannot study The main thing is prayer to beg Hashem bach that He can help you And um, Hashem il At one point, whenever you continue praying and you continue knocking at the door, Hashem will answer. And Be'zrat Hashem Hashem answer all our and send us all the Yeshua that we need to become um, better people, better Jews, and to serve Hashem back with more truth and sincerity. Last see uh, for today, last section for today, Lesson 115. This is one of Rabenu's most famous phrases. The main test of man in this world Want to know the main test and the refining process of man in this world? It exists exists specifically in the lust for sexual immorality, for adultery, whatever, all the things that fall into, um, into this lust, God forbid. This is the main test of man today. And even the desire for money even though it's something very, very gruesome, it's disgusting, this tava for money. Rabbeinu speaks about the dangers of money and how it can even be more dangerous than the Brit. Because the tava for money is so sophisticated, you, need to li- you, you cannot live without it. You, you need to earn a living to, to, to survive. And it becomes very difficult and complicated how to, how to separate yourself from this desire for money because you need it in the first place. Whereas the desire for sex doesn't, it doesn't need to exist. You don't need it now. Yes, you do the mitzvah with it, but in in a sense, you don't need it to survive, whereas money is needed to survive. So it's uh it's more sophisticated, let's put it that way. And Rabenu says even though it's a very, uh, very low desire, this this desire for money is very very uh, disgusting. The Ramamash Rabenu explains in lesson twenty three of Likute Moran that the desire for money is literal idol worship. It's the idol worship of today. And I recommend studying lesson 23. It's a tremendous, tremendous lesson. Uh, an incredibly practical lesson speaking about uh, earning money and panasa and the dangers of um, falling into the desire for money. And uh, as I mentioned over there. And Rabenu says, with all that being said, the main test exists with the desire for sexual morality. So we can see here that how this is our test. And how a person needs to reinforce himself as we say in the verse, Hashem says, if not for my covenant, uh, the 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 day and the night, um, the laws of heavens and the earth would never exist, meaning the covenant, the Brit Milah. Yes, of course, the Chachamim interpreted as the Torah, but at the little translation, the Pshat Rabbanu teaches us, that the Brit, the Brit represents the Inyan, of course, uh, my covenant literally means the Brit Milah. And... Um, we see here that if not for the Bukit Minah, Hashem In-Bach would have never created the world. So when you are able to withstand this test and to stay strong with the Bukit Kodesh, then, and to uh, withstand all this temptation, to resist all those desires, then, Ba'u HaShem, you are testifying to Hashem's creation of the world. You are almost sealing the creation of the world and you are stamping, you're giving the stamp of approval on it. You are creating the world anew. La'a HaShem may have the merit to be strong and uh, HaShem to inspire others Um, about this as well.